Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 28, where today I am talking to Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Thank you for doing this today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I don't know if you know this, but I actually got, um, I think this is rather sweet, an email from your biological father as well. Did you know he contacted me? Yes. he. Um, I would say he loves telling our story almost as much as me. Maybe we're in a competition, but he, he really enjoys telling our story. That is lovely. And I don't want to give anything away of your story. So let's hear from you today. You know the format of how this works. So why don't you go ahead and start from the beginning and let us know what what your original family was like. Okay, well, um, I was actually raised in Missouri. Um, I was born in Tennessee. And so there's a little bit of a backstory there. But my childhood um, really was... I would say pretty normal. Um, I, I always knew that I wasn't my, my stepfathers. Um, he and my mother got married whenever I was four and I was actually a flower girl at their wedding. And so I knew that he wasn't my birth father. So I feel like my story is already probably a little different than most NPEs because they, they think that their stepfather or who they find out as their stepfather was actually their their father all along, but I I knew that mine wasn't. Um, but we still grew very close. Um, I have an older brother. He's actually 15 months older than me, 14 months older than me. Um, and, uh, he and I, we, we were taken in by, uh, this new family after my mom, um, met my stepdad and they got married. Uh, we moved to a dairy farm and, um, life, like I said, was, was pretty normal. Um, a little sister came along whenever I was about six years old. Um, and we grew up in a very small town. Um, I don't think that I started asking a lot of questions, um, about my biological father until early teen years. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I, I just was pretty fulfilled and didn't really have a ton of questions. But, you know, there were things that were said to me as a child that I think kind of prompted curiosities. Um, my mother and my older brother and my, you know, new little sister are all blonde haired, blue eyed, pale, freckles. Um, they, they look like they belong together. Um, everyone always told me without knowing, of course, you look like your stepdad because he has dark hair 
<laughs> he has blue eyes and I do not, but he, he had the dark hair. So everyone just would see us and say, Oh, you, you favor your dad. And he and I would just look at each other and smile because <laughs> we knew, you know, the <laughs> truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, you know, I have olive skin. I tan super easy in the summers, uh, golden greenish eyes and, and brown hair. And so I always felt a little out of place, but, um, there was still love in in my home. And so it was never, um, you know, I didn't have a bad childhood. I, I was, I wasn't in a bad home. There was no drugs. There was no alcohol. There was no, um, you know, abuse. And so I, I've always counted my blessings as far as I, I had a really very decent childhood. Um, you know, stepdad, he, uh, was a farmer. We lived on the dairy farm. My mom was a teacher. And so, um, very honorable professions and, um, well-known in the community just because, um, you know, they worked with people and worked, worked with, uh, people in the community. So anyway, uh, you know, growing up small town, um, my last name is different. Um, it was my mom's maiden name. Um, and so of course that raised questions in school and they're like, they knew the farm we grew up on. They knew the family that at the, my, my stepfather and, you know, there was always questions of how did you end up with that last name? If that's, that's not your dad. And so I think that also pushed me to have curiosities and questions. And so, um, I started asking my mom some questions early teen years and, um, you know, she told me, well, I was married once before. Um, it was not a good marriage. Um, he, he and his family were not good people. Uh, I she she told me that she moved to Nashville um, in the late '80s, and um, and met him and got pregnant with me. She already had Chris, um, my older brother, and uh, so they got married. Um, I came along. Um, she stated, you know, he was a very abusive husband. Um, he would lock her in closets during the day when he was gone to work, um, laid hands on her more than once. And so she said that right before I turned two, um, you know, she made the decision to leave him and, uh, packed up her car with my brother and myself and a few quilts that my grandmother had made and drove to Missouri where her, her mom uh, resided. So that's how we ended up in Missouri. Um, she told me that he, um, didn't really want anything to do with me and that she really didn't want anything to do with him because he was so abusive and she didn't want him around me, um, because he was dangerous and and not a good man. And so that was really, you know, what I had to go off of. And I wasn't really interested in finding him, you know, because he, just sounded, you know, like a monster. Um, you know, my brother, who's also an NPE, uh, my older brother, um, she, she had told him and myself, um, all of our lives as well, that he was a product of rape. And so she, she had him and then met her ex-husband and then had me, you know, leaves him and, and, I'm two years old and and we come to Missouri. So that was really the backstory that I had. Um, 
we, nothing really in, in that regard was questioned, um, until I was much older. Um, I would say when I was in high school, I started asking about her ex-husband's family, you know, cause it started to occur to me, there's this whole family out there that, that knows about me. Right. It wasn't like she got pregnant, you know, with me and disappeared, you know, I was born and she left when I was close to two and it's like grandparents and uncles and cousins. And I'm like, there's this whole family that just doesn't care that I'm wandering around grown up living my life and, you know, doesn't, doesn't want anything to do with me. And so I, uh, I started asking more questions about the family. I'm like, you know, and that's, that's where I kind of got some more information. She told me that he had two brothers and gave me their names and that the family were, they were also not good people that they didn't believe her when she, um, stated that he was abusive and, um, that they questioned, um, a lot of her motives and things. Um, I guess that they, they came into some money. Uh, this family did, they, they ran a business, um, in Tennessee. And so, um, she just didn't want me around that evil. And, and I remember that conversation I was driving. I remember that. Um, and I remember she, anytime I'd ask her, you know, about, you know, this long lost father that, that didn't want anything to do with me, it, she would get very upset. And it, I could tell it just, it seemed like a very traumatic thing for her to talk about. And so I didn't, I didn't, uh, want to ask her about him. It was just sometimes my curiosities would, would push over that, uh, line. And then I would, I would start asking questions because I think, I think all people have that. We all just kind of want to know where we've come from. And, you know, especially as a young girl, a teenage girl, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time. He's now my husband. Um, but it, it, your relationship and, and how you behave in relationships, you know, I hate coining the term daddy issues, but man, I, I really do feel like I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I oh, yeah. definitely yeah. came into some of that. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I, uh, and, and, and that's just it. I, I had guilt because I, I had a, a really good stepdad growing up and I felt like, I shouldn't have daddy issues because I don't have this void. I shouldn't have this void. I have a good father figure in my life who's given me everything that I ever needed, you know, financial stability, um, support, you know, and I, I used to participate in some sports and he was at every game, you know, just what everyone expects out of their father. But there was, I, I look back on it now and I'm like, there was obviously something lacking. And I think that it it may have just been curiosity. It it may have just been, um, I wanted justice. You know, I, I wanted this, my, my mom's ex-husband, I wanted him to, to answer for that abandonment. Um, I, I am, I am very much like, I really enjoy being right. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, I, I think that's kind of gone across my entire life. I've always loved being right. Um, and I knew that he was wrong. You know, who, who fathers a child and parents them, I guess, for about two years and then just says, no, never mind. And so I, I think that was really more of the path that I was on was I just wanted answers and I wanted I wanted um, to know that it was just truly because this man and his family were monsters and it, it wasn't to do with me. I just wasn't too much baggage. I wasn't too much, you know, I, I, you, you start having those insecurities whenever you know that you're, you've been abandoned. So I left it alone, um, you know, graduated high school, and uh, started going to college. Uh, you know, by that time, my now husband and I had been dating for quite a while. We started dating when we were 15 and 16. And, um, you know, got married when we were about 21. And uh, that's when things changed. That's when uh, that's when I started my journey to, to learning the truth. Um, and, and finding out about my, my NPE status as, as you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got pregnant. Um, I'm sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't talk about this very much, this part. Um, we got pregnant and, uh, we, uh, were super, it was, un- it was unexpected, but we were super excited. Um, we went to the doctor and it, it turned out it was a chemical pregnancy. And so, um, what you does know, not, that mean? um, it usually, it can mean a couple of different things, but, um, usually it means the egg is fertilized and it didn't attach to your uterine wall. It may be attached to like a fallopian tube. Um, it, 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 it does, it, it fertilizes. So it gives you those elevated HCG levels or HGC. Okay. I have the wrong, <laughs> Um, but it, uh, is not a successful pregnancy. And so uh, a lot, a lot of women have them and don't even realize it because usually you just get like a heavy period, um, afterwards. But I, I was like clockwork. And so I knew something was wrong when I was a day late. And so I, you know, went and got, got a pregnancy test and took it and it was positive. And we set up the doctor's appointment and, I was spotting and I was like, something's not right. You know, we, and we went to the doctor and I, they had me take the test and it came back negative. And, um, you know, just a day or two later, you know, I got, I got a heavy, heavy period. And so it, I knew that it was, um, you know, it wasn't meant to be, but it still, we were sitting in the doctor's office and the, the OBGYN looked at me and said, what is your, family medical history. And that that's where it started. And I I can pinpoint that exact moment where I was like, you know what, I can tell you my mom's, but I don't know her ex-husband's. And I feel like I have a right to know that. Here I am, you know, devastated in a doctor's office. And what if there's reproductive, you know, genetic history on his side of the family? Um, and I have no way of telling my doctor, right? And so I immediately was like, you know, after we left the doctor's office, I 
I told my husband, I said, you know what? Um, I think that I'm going to go and find my mom's ex-husband. I know his name. I know his date of birth. Um, I had an old baby book that she had um, packed away in the basement, but I had found and, and I had it that had um, a family tree in it. And so it had his name and his brother's names and um, parents' names. Um, I knew a, I knew they were in Tennessee. You know, I knew they were near Nashville. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to start looking. You know, at this point, we're, we're 21. So this is 2009, 2010. You know, social media has arrived. <laughs> it's, it's so much easier to, to track people down because we have the internet now. Um, I, I do remember in, in high school before, you know, we really got Facebook or anything. Um, I would 411 his name and it, here's the thing. <laughs> it's a very common name, but I would, I would call and I would, I would check all the towns that I knew that, that they had lived in, um, when, you know, they were married and, and I looked in the baby book and there was a few, you know, uh, towns or cities listed in there, a couple. And so I would 411 the greater Nashville area and try and find, uh, this man. And I, I, I was pretty young. And so maybe even junior high. And I remember doing that and I would do it, um, kind of secretly <laughs> off, off somewhere in the house where no one could overhear me. Um, or I would wait till my mom wasn't home. So I knew that she wouldn't pick up the phone and hear me looking for this man that she, um, you know, clearly hated and, and had a, a rough history with. And so, um, whenever, you know, Facebook and social media took the world by storm, I would find myself, um, looking up his name, trying to find, you know, I, I had one picture of him from 1987 and I would look, um, and see if I could find him, um, online. Um, you know, I had his brother's names and his parents' names. I do the same thing to them. Um, and so whenever we, you know, finished up that doctor's appointment and we came home, I was like, you know, I don't really know where to start. Um, I know that they had this company, this family company, because my mom had told me, well, they had questioned her motives because they ran, um, this company in, in the greater Tennessee area. And, um, so I knew what kind of company they, they had, I knew, um, you know, the products that they were making and selling. And so I just started looking up those companies on Google, um, trying to find, I, I would open up the company website. I would go to their like um, little blurb there, you know, about, um, information. And, uh, that's when I found them. That's when I found the family. Um, I was able to track them down by finding their family business. Um, I wrote down the business address and, um, I was like, okay, I've, I'm going to go to Tennessee, but I need to figure out a way to do it without making a big thing of it. You know, and at this point I'm sitting there just planning these conversations in my head, like, okay, I'm going to face them and I'm going to say, you know who I am. 
and you're going to tell me your family health history. That's all I want from you people is mm-hmm. I just want to know, am I, am I going to have cancer in my fifties? Am I, you know, I had all this all in my head that I don't want anything from you. I just, I am entitled to this. Um, and I was pretty self-righteous about it. I do remember that. So, um, at that time, one of my very best friends, um, her sister was going to school in Nashville and, um, I confided in her and told her, Hey, I, I want to go to Tennessee with you next time that you go, because I'm going to track down this family. And I prefer not to do it by myself because I've watched enough Dateline that I'm not going to just show up at someone's like business, you know, 21 year old female and then, and then be in the headlines later that week. And so, um, and also this family to my knowledge was dangerous. And so, uh, she, you know, was like, absolutely do not go by yourself. I will go with you. I'm actually planning to visit my sister, um, this fall. Um, and it was, I think November of Oh nine and we had been to the doctor in October. So this happened pretty quickly. Um, so we road trip down to Nashville and we, we hang out with her sister for a little bit. And then, um, I give her the address the next morning and I said, let's go, let's go, let's go find this family of mine. So I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck. And, uh, you know, it's a Saturday. I remember it was a Saturday and I'm like, maybe they're not even open. Like I kept thinking, I'm like, if they're not open, I guess we'll just maybe go by Monday. Cause I think we were driving back on late Monday or Tuesday or something, but I was like, maybe they're not even open. And I started talking myself out of it. And she was like, you know, if you don't do this now, you may not do it again. You know, need to need to get this ironed out here. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so we pull up (laughs) and I kind of laughed. I remember cracking a joke because there was this big black Escalade parked out front, like just souped up. (laughs) I'm just like, these people are going to think like that I'm jonesing for some money here. Mm. And, uh, you know, my friend's with me and that that's the only car there. And so it looks closed. It looks closed, but there's a car there. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go knock and see, um, if, if anyone's there. And so we, we walk up to the door and knock and a man comes to the door and he's older and uh, he comes and he tells me his, his name is Fred. And I immediately knew that this was my grandfather, right? Like this was I, because of the family tree that I had in my baby book. I knew that my mom's ex-husband, this was his father. So I looked at him and I said, um, my name is Lauren Um, I don't know if you'll remember who I am, but my mother was married to uh, one of your sons back in the late 80s, um, and I'm your granddaughter. And he just kind of looked at me, and he looked really confused. Um, And then I saw the light bulb, and uh, he said, okay, um, you know, come on in. And 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 he, he showed us in, and at this point, I'm like, either we're going to end up on an episode of Dateline or he really doesn't know who I am and is going to give me the information that I want here. And so he, he brings us into the business, into the building and it's, it is closed. And so, uh, you know, he was, he was just letting us in and he, uh, asked me, he goes, um, can I ask you what, 
Um, you know about us? What is what has your mother told you? And so I'm like, well, I mean, she told me that um, they kind of hooked up in the late 80s and she got pregnant. And um, so they got married. And um, I know that they got divorced around the time that I was two and um, that it was just not a very good marriage. And um, I'm, I'm an adult now, though, and I just feel like I'm entitled to my health history. And I would appreciate you just letting me have that. I, I don't want anything else from you guys. I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm not looking for money. I just want to know um, what my, my heritage is, what my health history is. And uh, he looked over at my friend and he looked back at me and he goes, I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but uh, when they got divorced, there was a DNA test done before child support was ordered. And uh, my son is not your father. And I looked at him and I'm like, you know, he has, all I can focus on is his brown hair. I'm like, man, this man has brown hair. He's got to be my grandfather. You know, his son had brown hair. He's just got to be. And I'm like, I am just, I have no words. And that's not like me. I'm pretty chatty. And so I just, I had no words. And I'm like, um, are you sure? Like, that's all I could ask him. Like, and now I look back and I'm like, that's such a ridiculous question to ask this man who was supposed to be my grandfather. Like, of course he was sure. You know, and I'm like, are you sure? And he goes, yes. Um, you know, she left and she filed for divorce and she filed for child support. And um, he had to go all the way to Missouri to um, take this test. And um, they found out right then and there that you were not his. Um, we were all kind of curious. Um, it was it was interesting because they met um probably in October and they got pregnant right away and got married in November. And we were, you know, expecting you to be born in the summer and you were born in May. Um, and we thought, well, she's going to be a little baby. And you were, you know, at least almost eight pounds. And I'm like, yeah, I was seven pounds, three ounces. And he's like, yeah, he's like you, we were all kind of scratching our heads, but then thought, well, we didn't really ask a lot of details, you know, of our son when the first time was that they, they met and, and went home with one another. And he's like, so, I mean, there was, there was questions um, that we had as a family, but then when um, the divorce was on the horizon, that was when, you know, we, we pushed him and said, you need to make sure before you start paying out this child support that you, you get this DNA test done. And so I didn't believe him because I was like, there's just no way. Like I'm 21 years old. You know, there's plenty of opportunity that my mom would have told me this. Right. And so I asked him, I said, can I talk to your son? And he goes, um, I'll call him, you know, and find out. And so he, he walked out of the room and I look over at my friend and she, I'll never forget this. She looks right at me and is like, this is like a reality TV show. (laughs) And I was like, it, I was like, it, I guess that's where I'm at because I was just in a state of shock that I just couldn't 
it just, I felt like I was watching this happen, you know, from someone else's perspective. Well, he comes back in the room and he's like, um, I'm sorry, but he, he has no interest in speaking with you. And it was just like, ouch, you know, like this, this guy doesn't even want to answer my questions, you know? And so I'm just immediately like, well, my mom was right about him. He's just a jerk. And, you know, like I immediately am like, he, he doesn't want to talk to me, you know, not thinking, well, I'm sure that that was a very painful thing for him to have to go through. I'm sure that he just doesn't want to, you know, revisit that horrible time. And, and I really honestly didn't give it much thought until recently, like what that must've been like for him and his family to, you know, think that I was theirs for two years. And then just one day I'm not. And, um, I, I don't know them. And I, I, I spent the first two decades of my life passing a lot of hard judgment on them. And I still don't know them, you know, and I, I probably never will. And that's fine because that's, that's a pretty, big thing to go through as a family to lose, you know, a presumed daughter, granddaughter, niece, and, in one cheek swab, you know? So, um, I got in the car with my friend and I'm like, I need to talk to my mom. And she goes, are you sure that's a good idea? You're pretty, pretty fired up right now. And I'm like, no, I, I do. I need to talk to my mom. And so I, uh, I called her and, uh, I told her where I was and she just lost it. She just lost it. She goes, Lauren, those are dangerous people. Get away from them. And I was like, mom, they're telling me that I'm not theirs. I don't share DNA with them. Is that true? No, 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 Lauren. That's ridiculous. Um, he is your father. Uh, he probably just told his parents, um, that you weren't his because he abandoned you and didn't want to look bad to his family. And so he's fed them with lies. And that's the kind of man that he is. That's the kind of man that I left. He was, you know, and this, this is what I'm hearing from her. And I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense, right? Like, yeah, of course, you know, he, he has to be my father. That's why he didn't want to talk to me. You know, he was just he doesn't want to be caught in this lie. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't want to face the truth here. And, um, he fed them full of that, you know, and I, it's all coming together for me. I'm telling my friend, I'm, I'm telling her, I'm like, okay, okay. So they just think that this DNA test was done and it really wasn't. He just said, she's not my kid to get out of having to tell them I want nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. So it made sense. And I, you know, hook, line and sinker bought it, I guess. And of course, um, you know, I look back now and I, it's one of those moments where I, I truly believe that we some, sometimes we're so blinded by the love that we have for people closest to us that we, um, we don't see obvious truths. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we came home from Tennessee and, uh, you know, this was just over 10 years ago. Um, and I came home and, you know, I 
told my husband everything. And he looked at me and he's like, Lauren, that's not right. Something is still off. Um, and he says, and if it's not, like if, if everything is really as your mom says it is, he owes you that. He owes you um, those answers, those genetic answers. And I'm like, I'm not going to push it. I just am emotionally exhausted. I'm, I can't, I can't figure out a way to get those answers without having to return and talk to this family. And I just, I, I, they, I could tell they just wanted to be left alone. And, uh, so I let it go. Um, I let it go for about three months and then, um, my husband, he, he's like, you know, he, 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 he was pretty adamant about finding out the truth here. And, uh, he comes to me and he says, you know, your name is in those divorce papers, you know, therefore you're entitled, um, to a copy, you know, it's, you can access maybe some public records, um, give them a call, ask for a copy of the, um, those divorce papers. And it's going to have it in there. It, it has to have the, the DNA test in there. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. You're right. Maybe I can, maybe I can find those, you know, and I start, you know, I'm in a different state, so I have no idea what, what Tennessee's, you know, how to do that. So I just called them. <laughs> I just, I just called, uh, the state of Tennessee and, you know, got redirected like eight times and then finally got to, um, like a records division. And I said, how much, you know, does it cost to get a copy of some divorce, a divorce record? And they're like $18. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can pay that. Um, you know, can I, can you take my info over the phone and then just send, send it to me? And the lady I'm talking to is so nice. So nice. She's like, absolutely. What's your address? And I give it to her and give her my payment information. And she's like, um, she's like, so you're, you're the, the minor child in these papers. I was like, yeah, actually I'm just, I'm interested to know what that DNA test says. And she's like, well, if you verify your date of birth, I'll just tell you over the phone. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to find this out right now. Okay. Yes. And I give her my date of birth and she, uh, I still remember the sound of her voice. She says, uh, the results came back negative. He's not your biological father. So that's, uh, I would really like to say that I handled that moment with such class, (laughs) but I, I was, I was so angry in that moment um, that it it just was one of those things that it <laughs> there's not there's not really a a ladylike way to handle that I guess but I uh, I went to my husband and just broke down and uh, he's like well. Um, what are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm never going to talk to her again. Mm. Never. I I was so mad. I was like, I I never, I don't even want to see her ever again. And I, I remember I looked at him and I said, I can understand why she initially lied. You know, she was embarrassed. She, she didn't want to tell her, her parents that her, her, you know, soon to be ex-husband wasn't my father. Maybe 
I, I totally get it. I can see it. She's in survival mode. She's now a single mom with two children. Um, I was more mad that she didn't come clean when I gave her the opportunity to. Yeah. And, uh, so I think two weeks went by and I didn't, I didn't talk to her, which is weird. Um, my mom and I, we talked on a daily basis, maybe, maybe every other day, but I, I didn't call her. I didn't text her. I ignored her texts, never returned her calls. And one day I'm pulling into my driveway and she's, she's calling me on repeat over and over again. And so I'm like, she knows something's up because now she's, she's calling me over and over again. And for some reason I just picked up the phone and, uh, she's like, what is going on? Why, why have you been ignoring me? I haven't, I haven't talked to you in like two weeks. And I just asked her, I said, what do you think it is? Why, why wouldn't I be talking to you? And, uh, she said his name. She said, she said her ex-husband's name. And, uh, I said, yeah, I, I know the truth. And she got real quiet. And I, I don't know if she was waiting on me to say something, but I just said, I, uh, I ordered the papers, mom. And so you can't run anymore. And I, I know the truth. And, uh, she just started crying and I, I just lost it. I, I was screaming. I was cussing a lot and I love Jesus, but I cuss a little when I'm mad. And, uh, it was, it was bad. It was, it was probably, I've, I've never spoken to someone like that in my life, but I was so mad. I was so mad. And, uh, she passed off the phone to one of her friends. I guess she was with a friend and her, and her friend interrupts me on my, my cussings, you know, <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> and, uh, her friends like Lauren, Lauren, calm down. You're, you're killing your mom here. She's, she's over here hyperventilating and crying. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care if I ever talk to her again, just tell her that. And I hung up and, uh, I don't remember how long that it was. Um, but my husband, he, he's like, when you talked to her, did you ask her who your dad was? And I was like, no, I'm just so mad. I didn't even, I didn't ask, you know, who, who he is. And, um, he's like, well, you need to talk to her eventually because she's the only one that would have any clues as to who your, your birth father is. And I'm like, I, I can't talk to her right now. I'm just still too mad. So, um, it was, there were some months that went by, um, I know that I got pregnant with my oldest son and that was when I started missing my mom. I was still pissed at her, but I, I missed my mom because here I was, I was pregnant. We'd been to the doctor. We'd heard the heartbeat, saw the little bean on the ultrasound. And we were like, I, I was going to become a mom and, uh, I, I wanted my own mom and, uh, and so I called her and I told her the news and I agreed to, uh, to meet with her, um, with a, a kind of a counselor, I guess, or mediator, um, 
for like 30 minutes was kind of what I was like, all right, just real quick. And so, um, we, we met and, uh, you know, I kind of heard her version of it, which I'd already kind of figured out just that she lied initially. Um, she really did believe that her ex-husband was my father. Um, but then she, uh, she lied, um, because she was embarrassed and she, um, just kept lying and it just pretty soon became the truth in her mind. Um, you know, you've heard that saying, you tell a lie so often that it becomes your truth. That's, that's pretty much what happened. And, uh, I asked her, I said, you know, who's, who's my dad? And she goes, you know, I, I don't really know. She's like, I, I was out, you know, at bars quite a bit, um, just trying to find a husband for, you know, I already had one baby at home. She goes, there's, there's one man that I, I think might be it. He might be your father. And, uh, all I know about him is that his name might be Pat or Patrick. And, uh, I was like, you don't have a last name. She's like, no, don't know where he's from. No. And I was like, okay. And, uh, I just kind of at that point signed off to the fact that I just wouldn't know, you know? And, and like I said, I had, I have a good stepdad and, um, I was growing another human. And so I'm like, I am just going to focus on becoming a parent myself and not my parentage anymore. And I, I let it go. And I was at the time 21, no, 22. I guess I was 22 by then. Um, I was, I was 22 and, uh, getting ready to be 23. Um, I, I had my oldest son when I was 23 and I, um, I just, like I said, I let it go. So, um, I didn't really give it a ton of thought. You know, I, I just knew there was some guy walking around on this green earth somewhere who had a daughter and didn't know it. Um, I thought about him every once in a while, uh, when my kids were born, you know, I would think he, he's a grandparent, maybe he already is a grandparent, but he's a grandparent again, or he's a grandparent for the first time and he doesn't know it. And I was sad for him because my kids are amazing and I'm obviously a treat. And so I'm like, he's missing out here. So it, uh, you know, I, I would get a little sad for, for him and his family. Cause I would think about him. I'm like, Oh, maybe he's married. Maybe he had other kids. Um, you know, and I've, I've missed out and they've missed out, you know, and it would, I would get kind of sad, but then I would, I would, I feel like there's another defense mechanism that we sometimes use. I would make up stories about him in my mind. Like maybe he's in jail or maybe he's dead or maybe he's a celebrity, you know, and I'm like watching a movie and I'm like, maybe that's him. Maybe that's my birth father. You know, every, every famous Patrick that is in Hollywood, I'm like, maybe it's him. Is that, is he the right age? You just, you start placing questions everywhere, you know, and it's, but I would, I would think, well, maybe he was, you know, maybe I was being protected you know, by the universe and that there's, he's in jail and not a good guy. And then I'm like, you know, maybe he's 
fine. And I'm just willfully trying to paint a picture of someone in my head that I don't want in my life because I have no control. I can't, I can't find him. And so I'm, I'm trying to, to make him into somebody that he may not even be. Um, so then the next part is how I found out how I found him. (laughs) Yes. How did you find your birth father? Um, so my in-laws, um, are actually the, the gift givers here. So, um, they decided to take, um, a DNA test. They, they took 23 and me, um, and they, they wanted, um, kind of those health predictors, like do wondering if they have the Alzheimer's gene or, or the breast cancer gene or whatnot. And so, um, they, they took that and I think they got it in Christmas of 2016 and, uh, and took it, I think. Um, and it was really cool. It was really neat. Like all the, you know, and they were just looking at their heritage and seeing if they had those genes or whatnot. And, um, my mother-in-law, um, who's really close with my kids. Um, she's, she has always said, that my oldest son must look like my birth father because he, I mean, he looks like me, but, um, she, she's like, he, he has to, I just, I know he has to look like your birth father. He goes, I just, those eyes, he has those greenish golden eyes. And I want to know where those come from. Are they European or are they, you know, Egyptian or whatever, <laughs> you know, that she's like, they're just amazing. And, um, so she asked me for my birthday in 2017, um, in May, if she could get me that 23 and me kit for my birthday. And I was like, heck yeah, that sounds cool. It'd be really neat to actually see like heritage. And then I'll get, you know, if I, if I want, I can have that health history that I've been, you know, stumbling after for so long. And so, um, she bought it and, uh, I spit in the tube, I think around 4th of July <laughs> and sent it off. And my, my test results came back um, in September. And, um, I was just completely enthralled for, for a few days, of course, going, I was like answering all the little questions, like how I take my coffee and stuff. And it was, it was just telling you all these cool things, you know, it told me it, it it traces all the way back to like, these were your ancestors came from out of Africa and into Europe. And it was really cool. Um, and then I, I saw the tool, the, the little toggle that says DNA relatives. And I clicked it. And this was not something that my in-laws had noticed. So I, I didn't even know this was something that 23andMe could do. And immediately there's people showing up and they're like, you know, here's, here's who you're related to. And here's a, a guess at how you're related to them. Well, I immediately recognized uh, a couple of cousins from California that, um, from my mom's side and, um, my, my mom is from California. She, uh, moved to Colorado when, with her family. And then she herself moved on her own to Tennessee, um, when she was 17. And so most of her family, um, were still in, in California. So there's a whole bunch of people you know, listed there. And I, and I knew a couple of them. I was friends on Facebook with a couple of them too. 
Um, but the closest relative uh, was listed as a first cousin, and it, and it said we shared 15% DNA, and her name was Cheryl, and she's from California. And I'm like, I do not know who this is. This is not, and it says we're a first cousin, and I'm like, there's no way we're a first cousin. You know, my my mom's parents were only children, and my mom's brothers. Um, you know, I knew all their kids, and so I'm like, uh, I don't know. And so I took a screenshot of of her. Um, I actually sent it to my mom and said, do you have any idea who this is? She's from California. It says she's my cousin. And my mom's like, no, but um, she's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Totally, totally beautiful. But I have no idea who she is. So then I start really looking at her and I'm like, you know, she's a couple generations older than me. She couldn't be a first cousin. I mean, she, I'm looking at, you know, I could see her, her age and I'm like, she's old enough to be my grandmother. Um, so there's just no way, but I didn't, I didn't say anything to her, you know, and I was like, "Mm, I'm sure she's just related to my mom somehow and just kind of wrote it off. Well, September 27th, she shoots me a message and she's like this, you know, I, I see that we're linked, um, on 23 and me. Uh, I don't know who you are though. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I don't know who you are either, you know? And so we, we kind of messaged back and forth. She thought I might've been related to some uh, uncle of hers or something who was pretty promiscuous. And I was like, I don't think so. I was born in 1988. And she goes, oh, well, heck, you couldn't be his then. And I asked her, I said, do you have any nephews? And she goes, yeah, um, but they're in Colorado. And so, you know, she couldn't figure it out because I was born in Tennessee And she was just like, what, you know, I don't have any family in Tennessee. And I'm like, well, I know that's where I was conceived and born. And so, you know, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Um, so I think she did some more digging and kind of figured out 15% DNA. And if you look online, I think it's like, I would have to be her like great, great grandchild or her great niece or a first cousin. And so she calls her sister um, because her sister has two sons and is like, I think this might be what's happened here. But do you know if your two boys have ever been to Tennessee? And she goes, no, I don't think they've ever been to Tennessee. Um, You know, they're coming to visit me this weekend. Both of them. I'll ask them if they've ever been to Tennessee. And so uh, that was end of October of 17. And so uh, her two boys, they fly out to visit her. She lives in Pennsylvania and she takes them out to dinner and asks them, Hey, have either of you guys been to Tennessee? And she's eyeing Jay because he was kind of the promiscuous one, I guess. <laughs> so she's eyeballing him like, have you been to Tennessee, Jay? <laughs> um, and, and Jay's like, no, no, I've never been. And her other son, Pat <laughs> says, yeah, yeah, I've been through Tennessee. And uh, she's, you know, that's when she, they're kind of putting it together. And she's like, when? And he's like, oh, I road tripped with a buddy um, through there. Uh, must have been 86 or 87. And that she knew. She knew. And so she tells him the story. And and I, I think I might get some of those lines wrong in there because sh- I wasn't there for that conversation. But... <laughs> 
um, I guess, and this is according to, to my grandmother and her, uh, her husband, he went like white as a sheet, like, oh my gosh. And, uh, she's like, you know, her name is Lauren and, uh, she was born in 88. So would have been conceived in August or September of 1987. She's like, did you, you know, you meet someone? He's like, yeah, I, I met a girl, a blonde at a bar and, uh, went home with her. She drove me back to the campsite the next morning and I went, I went back with my buddies back to uh, Colorado <laughs> the next morning. We all got back, piled back in the truck and continued our road trip. Oh um, so he, uh, yeah, he left something behind that night. <laughs> and so oh. anyway, but um, I never did tell Cheryl that my mom told me that his name might've been Pat or Patrick um, or else we probably would have figured it out sooner. But he, you know, immediately is like, I have to see a picture. I need to see if this is, if I have a daughter. Right. And so, um, at the time my, my Facebook profile picture was of me with my two sons. Um, and so he, of course, Facebook stalked me and my grandmother tells me later that she saw my oldest son and was like, Whoa, yeah yeah, you definitely have a daughter. Um, my, my oldest son and him, they, they look a lot alike. It's, it's eerie. Um, so he's asking Cheryl, he goes, can you get in touch with her? You know, I, I want to talk to her. I, I need to find out, you know, if this is real, I, I want to talk to her. And, uh, so she messages me on 23 and me, but I don't, I don't check that all the time and I don't have like push notifications or anything. And so I didn't answer well, he, you know, of course didn't sleep much that night. And, uh, the next day he's like, contact her on Facebook. We, I, I need to talk to her. And so I'm out delivering some cookies to some neighbors and my, my phone dings that I have a Facebook message from this 23 and me, uh, presumed cousin. And, uh, it's just like three sentences and it's like, Hi, Lauren. This is Cheryl from 23andMe. I am 99% sure we know who your father is. Are you interested in speaking with him? Okay. And I just have like an out-of-body experience. I don't remember. I was driving to, to town and I don't remember that drive. I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening. This, this is really happening. And, uh, I messaged her back and I'm like, yes, you know, here's my cell phone number. Um, I really don't know anything about who my biological father would be other than my mom told me that his name might've been Pat or Patrick. And she says, um, yes, his, his name is Pat and he's a very decent human and is, is he really wants to call you. So I'm going to pass along your phone number. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is it. His name is Patrick. This is it. And like two minutes later, my phone rings and it's some strange cell phone from Colorado and I pick up the phone and there he is. And pieces of our conversation have come back to me because this is the fall of 17. So two and a half years ago, um, pieces of, of our conversation have come back to me. I remember he told me that he face had Facebook stalked me <laughs> and that um, my oldest son, you know, looks like him. And, uh, he noticed uh, my, my Facebook is pretty locked down, but that a couple, there were a couple of public posts from years ago, 
um, someone had posted happy left-handers day on my profile. And, uh, he's like, I'm a Southpaw. And, uh, he's like, neither of my sons are, but, um, I am, I'm left-handed. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have brothers. You know, I'm just sitting there. Like I remember. And then I'm like, Oh, he's left-handed. I'm the only lefty in my family. And now I, I know where I get my handedness from. And then, you know, it just goes to like talking about random things. Like how do you take your coffee? Oh, with milk, milk and honey, just like me. Oh, how do you take your eggs? Like we're immediately just trying to find these, these crazy things, you know? And I, I'm just like, yeah, it's just the most insane feeling, you know? And I I had to go, Uh, I had something that was going on while I was traveling to town, but I was like, I want to talk to you again. Can I call you back tonight? He goes, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's trying to, to make sure that the timing is right. He's like, okay. He didn't remember my mom's name. Um, he knew that she had, um, another child. He goes, I remember that. I remember the next morning, um, that there was a baby that she already had a son. And I'm like, yes, my older brother, we're 14 months apart. And he's like, yeah, um, I guess her roommate had babysat him the night before. And she came out, you know, and we met at the bar and he's like, but yeah, I remember the next morning before she drove me back to the campsite that she already had another baby. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's her. And he's like, there were Ronnie Millsap posters on the wall. I'm like, absolutely. That is her. We don't need another DNA test. Like this is my mom. So, um, you know, I got off the phone with him. I called my husband and I'm like, you're not going to believe this, you know? And he's like, this is crazy. This is, you know, this is insane. And I'm like, I know I can't, I just can't believe it. And, um, so yeah, that was end of October, Mid-November, we have plane tickets to go to Colorado and meet him. Um, Just me and my husband. I didn't want to take my kids yet. Um, I started having all these reservations like pretty quick after confirming that it was him. Um, Because I kept telling Sean, I'm like, I think he could be a serial killer. He could chop us up and put put us in his freezer. Like, we don't know. Like, this is a stranger. And uh, he's like, this is this is your dad. And I'm like, but I don't know him. I don't know him. That's, you can't call him that. Cause I don't, I don't know him. I, I barely know his middle name, you know, and I just learned that. And, um, and I was, I remember thinking that, you know, obviously if I really believed he was a serial killer, I wouldn't be flying, you know, two States away to go see him. Um, but I think again, those were, it was that little bit of insecurity popping up of, I have in my mind at some point painted him as a serial killer <laughs> because I was robbed of the control to know this man. So I just made up whatever side story I wanted to. And, uh, so we go to Colorado and, um, he surprises me at the airport with some, it's a girl balloons, <laughs> And, uh, yeah. And some flowers and just, I spent the entire week just or weekend, um, in awe of, of this man and this new family that I had. Um, there's a picture of me sandwiched between my two brothers and our eyes do the same squinty thing when we smile, you know, we're all with our dark hair and, um, like I, I looked like these people, (laughs) you know, it was just one of those things. And I've heard that on the, on the podcast before where people are like, 
you know, I, I looked like these people and it's just, I, it, it meant something to me, you know, that I, I had this family and it was so funny. I look, I think I look more like his wife than I do my own mother. And so it was like, I, I felt like, wow, I, I belong here, you know? And, um, he, he invited his, um, family over, um, to come meet me, which I was really excited about. Um, he has an older sister and an older brother and then, um, a stepsister and all the cousins, um, and his stepsister walked in and all the, everyone's there, you know, she came in pretty close to last, I think, uh, and arriving at their home. And she walked in and saw me and came over and just scooped me up in a hug and was like, wow, you, you look like all these people. <laughs> and I was like, I'm thinking the same thing when she says that, you know, like, yeah, I do. It's crazy, isn't it? And, um, you know, we took a bunch of pictures and, um, it was a whirlwind. It was way, it was such a short weekend that, that my husband and I had out there. And, um, but it, it just felt like coming home. Like they were so kind and they just wanted to know about me and my world. And I wanted to know about them and their lives. And, um, you know, just my brothers are like, you know, eight foot tall and just like, well, not really, but they, you know, it was, it was one of those things. I was like, these are my little brothers, <laughs> you know? And I kept making fun of or giving a hard time to the oldest, um, Nate. Cause I told him, I was like, you thought you were the oldest child, but really you've been a middle kid all along <laughs> and, you know, just giving him a hard time about being a middle kid. And then, um, you know, my baby brother, he, he, he has a pretty serious girlfriend. And, you know, I immediately was like, you know, talking to her and, and asking them questions about their relationship and their life. And we just clicked, you know, there was no, there, it was, it was just like, we picked up where we should have always been, you know? And, and that's what I told them. I said, the, the weirdest thing is, is, you know, you're developing relationships that should have always been there. Yeah. And, uh, and they're a very decent family, you know, they, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if Pat had known about me, he would have been there. Um, he, uh, he has lots of guilt about that. And I, and I hate that for him because I'm like, you know, it was the eighties and you know we'd, we joke around a lot, but I'm like, there was alcohol involved and, you know, it was just a one night stand, but he, he has guilt, you know, he's like, I should have, you know, got her number and followed up with her. And, you know, like he, he feels bad that, that he missed out. But I'm also like, you know, my life has, has worked out just where I need it to be. You know, if I had spent summers in Colorado or maybe my mom would have relocated to Colorado and not ever come to Missouri. Um, maybe she wouldn't have met my stepdad. Who's very important to me. Maybe she wouldn't have had my little sister. Who's very important to me. Maybe I wouldn't have grew up in this small town, Missouri, where I met my husband, who's very important to me. And then I wouldn't have my kids. And I'm like, we could play the what if game all day um, and and sift through that guilt. But at the end of the day, I feel like things uh, worked out just the way that they were supposed to. And uh, and I'm OK with it. I mean, I, I have sadness. You know, I, I look back on pictures of my wedding or the day my, my boys were born or my high school graduation. And I'm like, yeah, you know, my, my new family would have loved to have been there. I know that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, my dad and his wife and, and their, their boys. And, um, they would, they would have loved to have been there. And I know that, but they get to be there now and they get, they get to be there for everything moving forward. And that's a gift. And I, you know, I hear some of these NPE stories that they break my heart, you know, that they don't, they don't have the, the welcoming response that I received. And I, I hate that for them because I, I literally prepared for anything, but I had time to prepare. You know, I knew about Pat. He didn't know about me, but I had time to prepare. I knew that I could find him and he could be like, nope, that's, that's a lot of baggage. No, thank you. Or I have a life and a family and I don't want it to be disrupted. I could have found him and he could have been, you know, deadbeat or in jail or he could have been dead. Um, there's so many different outcomes that could have happened, um, in my story. And I, I got the best outcome. I I got a family that, um, loves me and accepted me. Um, not that it wasn't always perfect. I mean, there was rocky, stressful, emotional times transitioning to where we are now, um, if someone can get to where we are now without having those times, uh, please write a book because there's just no, there's no answer to it. But I'll tell you the, the moment that sealed the deal for me was when he and his wife came to meet my boys. They came that following Christmas. So between Christmas and new years of 2017, I know I've talked a lot about my oldest son because he just is a carbon copy of my birth father. But, um, my youngest, uh, he's a carbon copy of his dad, my husband, um, you know, a little blonde haired thing, spitfire. And, uh, he is not, uh, super into, uh, strangers. He, he doesn't, um, like, I mean, we, we've been at the same church for three years now and there's still people that he just doesn't want them to like, look at him sideways. And so, he's always been a little more hesitant. And, um, so I warned them of that before they came. I'm like, you know, just don't feel like they're not into you because my youngest will, may not warm to you right away. And so we, we kind of prepped the boys. We let them know, Hey, you know, uh, we gave them, we gave them grandparent names right out the door, Nana and Pappy said, Hey, listen, Nana and Pappy are coming you know, this is who, this is who they are, you know, I'm just kind of trying to explain to them as best as you can, these, their little minds, you know, and, um, they flew in and, and came to our house and, uh, uh, my, my birth father's wife immediately got down on the floor with the boys and, uh, Barrett just, he went right over to her and, and climbed up in her lap. I've, I've never seen anything like it wow. and just sat and, and talked to her. And I think that was an important moment for, for both. I mean, for everyone there, but you know, I got to give credit to a lot of the, the wives of, of, uh, their, the husbands that, that find out they have a kid, you know, that's, that's a lot for them to, to digest and go through. And, um, yeah. I'm sure that that was, it was a big month for her emotionally and, you know, your instant, instant grandmother and grandfather, my, my two little brothers don't have kids yet. 
and uh, she just she just fell right into it. I mean, both of them both of them really did. They they love those boys, and um, we've got been able to get together several several times, fortunately. And um, it's that's a gift for me watching their relationship grow. You know, uh, for the first I would say at least year and a half to two years, I was very focused on growing my relationship with my birth father. Um, and now it's, it's growing out to even more where I'm getting to build a relationship with his wife. Um, you know, I want to build more of a relationship with my brothers. It's hard cause they're, they're, you know, young twenties, they're just starting their, their life, you know, and, um, you know, I'm the, the weird sister from Missouri that just dropped out of the sky. And they're, they're very kind to me and very, they're good brothers. Um, I, the distance kind of sucks sometimes, you know, like I wish that they lived here. I lived there so that we could, you know, have some of that time that we should have had growing up together. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause I have cousins I grew up with here in Missouri and you know, there's, there's just something about that childhood bond. And, and I know that we won't have that, but I, uh, you know, I look forward to, you know, continuing to bond. I'm so happy for you and where your story has turned out. And um, I think your relationship with your new biological family is, is beautiful and growing every day. It really is. Thank you. Thanks again to Lauren for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.